Hey, I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for web developer Matthew Brennan. I've never actually found success from my website, so I decided to strip it back and make it more about me and less about kind of this one-man agency, more about myself, my experience, because I think clients prefer that. If you're just one person freelancing, I think clients prefer to see your face, to know about you, rather than this facade of sort of a one-man agency. Nation down with something that, that really makes a big difference. I found it quite hard to find what I wanted to niche in until that kind of happened naturally. And it definitely took a few years to happen naturally, which is good because now people come to me specifically for that. They know I'm sort of an expert in that area and it definitely helps you get a lot more work. Yes, so it's to Northern Ireland we go this week to Matthew Brennan. There is he. That's coming up in a moment. Do you know, this week I recorded my one hundredth episode (laughs) it's coming up in a couple of weeks time crazy thank you so much for your support and for listening and for enjoying and and for all of the guests for sharing as well it's it's been an awesome two and a half years or so and for half a year yeah coming up to six months of doing the vlog as well so if you've not caught that yet had loads of really great feedback this week thank you so much on that you can check it out on youtube slash steve follen that's me there's a link at beingfreelance.com hit subscribe on both the podcast and the vlog as well of course yeah anyway let's crack on and go to northern ireland and say hello to freelance web developer matthew brennan hey matthew hey yeah how are you i'm well yeah thanks for doing this looking forward to um yeah no worries to hearing what you've been up to so how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance all right well uh to take it back to the beginning all the way back just when i was uh, leaving school I, I definitely took an interest in coding and development and that side of things it was something i enjoyed doing in my spare time other school definitely wasn't for me when it came time to leave it definitely was never going to be going to university that, that was just uh yeah not for me but when i left it, it definitely transitioned straight into uh freelancing sort of i would call it more a hobby definitely for the first couple of months and through that very quickly i got a job offer in a small print and design agency near me which i took and i was there for a year and I know I did enjoy it. Uh, I learned a lot. I definitely learned how to uh, deal with clients and the more formal side of things, which you would never learn just by by sitting in the room yourself. I definitely always knew that freelancing was something I wanted to pursue. Uh, I definitely was always Googling about freelancing and, and running in a business and was something that definitely interested me. So after about a year of working there, I decided it was time to start freelancing. I knew I had nothing to lose. Because I'm still quite young, I have no real, uh, no large bells or, or any large responsibilities. So I definitely took the plunge and jumped straight in. And yeah, I started freelancing for myself full time four years ago. Uh, it was 2013. And uh, yeah, that that's basically how I started freelancing. Cool. So, so what, how are you getting those first clients as you left the agency? Yeah, I had to fight hard for them. When I started, uh, just after I left that agency, I, I was trying to do like a a one man agency type of thing. Um, so I was doing print and web development, and basically anything graphic or web wise that came my way. So I set up a nice website, got the business cards done, sent out a lot of emails. But what I actually found was most of my work 
came from actually me searching for it and, and contacting clients myself. So I know a lot of people don't like the websites like uh, PeoplePair or, or, or Elance because they're generally low paid, really terrible jobs. I actually had good success on there. I find quite a lot of really good clients really early from them websites. And that's really set me up. Th- them clients ended up giving me referrals. And uh, yeah, that's really how I find the first clients. I definitely didn't find my website or or any you know business cards or any marketing I done actually worked. Um, <laughs> what I did actually find worked was when I went and looked for the looked for the projects. Yeah, them websites like people PR and Elance get a lot of bad reputation because it's generally people looking a full website for like ten pound, you know, really really low money. But there is actually, you know, out of every thousand jobs, there actually is really good clients on there, and I had really good success that when I find them. You know, I was able to send them really good proposals and and they were really interested and and I managed to get some really good jobs straight out of the gate uh, from doing that. So your experience of those sites sounds pretty positive. Yes. What lessons did you learn in doing them? Um, I think I learned very quickly to be able to filter out what was good and what was bad just by looking at the descriptions and just by getting a general feel of the job. So although at the start, there were maybe a couple of which were probably below average pay. I knew I needed to get the MN to get some kind of reputation going, to get the experience built up. But very quickly, I learned how to be able to look at a job, you know, to skim down, you know, 100 jobs and be able to pick out, you know, the one in there that's actually someone who has a decent budget, you know, has a decent respect for maybe a web developer, or graphic designer, and knows that, you know, they don't just want a cheap and cheerful website. And to be able to avoid the really bad jobs that are on there, but definitely, I think if you can learn to sort of recognize what the good jobs are and what the bad ones are, you can actually get quite a lot of good success out of them websites. I think a lot of people are too quick to pass them up because of the bad reputation they get when really there is there are some gems on there. I suppose the thing is, what I always think, is that you don't have to work on a job that you don't want to work on. You don't have yeah, to exactly. take anything or do it for money yeah. you don't want to do it for. Yeah, no, I agree. And and yeah, I mean, them websites have their reputation probably within good reason. There are quite a lot of people who are on there and either they don't understand what the costs involved and what they're after are or, or they're just after the cheapest option possible. And I think even a lot of clients on their websites have bad experiences because they end up paying too little for what they need and then they get a website or, or whatever it is they're after that's maybe not what they want it and they quickly realize then obviously they need to put the budget into it that's needed so there are definitely if someone was starting out now as a web developer as a freelancer i would say it's definitely worth you know an hour a day to sit in and to sit and go through the jobs that are on there because there is definitely some really good clients on there to be found when you were searching through those uh, or you know filtering out the good from the bad yes is it just in in the way of the writing of if the 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 time that take somebody's taken to write I don't know the brief or whatever it is they've put up that's exactly it you can tell by how much time they've put in to actually uh write in the description so for example if there's a job and it's someone who basically says I'd like a green wordpress website for my dental practice you know immediately you think well obviously they've maybe just popped that up in their spare time they're not that interested you know there's not a lot to that whereas if there's a 
dental clinic and they've included their brochures and they've put the PDF specification with the pages, you know, a, a time frame, a budget, then you can say, well, obviously they've put a whole day into, into writing this description of what they need. There's obviously a lot of care in there. And then from that, you can, you can obviously see which jobs are good and which are not. And obviously you can tell by how someone's wrote the job and just their general understanding of what's required. A lot of the times when you skim down them websites, they, there are budgets which are there and, and, and the really good clients tend to not actually put a budget because, the, you know, generally the client doesn't know what they're after is going to cost. They're looking for proposals. Mm. So if someone's putting a really low budget, generally that's a red flag because you don't really want the client saying, you know, I want this done for this price, a really, really low price. You know, the people are much more open to to getting costs and getting proposals, again, are, are generally the better clients to work with. And yeah, I mean, I would say it's a lot of work to find the good clients on there, but it's worth it. If I was going to put a number on it, I would say probably every one in 1,000 on them websites is is the clients worth working with. So it does take time to find them. And when it came to getting paid, how did you find them? Yeah, so again, that's an area where them websites fall down. And generally what I done was the first... Uh, time I worked with them because a lot of the clients I have found on there have actually even still to this day repeat work repeat really good work so the first project I, I worked through there their the site's system of payment generally there's an escrow and they take a cut and it, it's painful to watch it come out but that's obviously the, the the price of the service but then outside of that first job they would you know, email, and then you would just work on your own invoicing system once you got that first job out of the way. That's quite a good thing about those sites, though, isn't it? The fact that the client has to put money into a deposit, you know, has to put yeah. money into an escrow. Like, you know it's there. You know they're not going to poss- – they can't possibly rip you off yeah. and walk away yeah. without paying, which, which you know, just the other week with Rachel on this um, podcast we heard, you know, it can it happens. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. And and there are also scary stories of them websites where, you know, where the client has said they're not happy with the work and, and the money's taken back. So there, it's not a foolproof solution. But what I really like about it is, is that with no marketing, with no website, with a very basic portfolio, you can basically start freelancing and actually find clients which have a requirement, uh, you know, have a project that needs done. So that's how you started out. How did you transition your business? How did it, how did it grow? Yeah, so it, it's changed a lot since then. I I realized very quickly I liked the coding and I liked the web development side of things. So I slowly dropped the graphic design side of things. Uh, and when I actually started, I called my one-man agency, so to speak, MB Graphics. And it actually took a long time for me to change that name because even though most of my clients were for web work, the name didn't seem to affect the amount of work I was getting or any you know any marketing side of things even though it was called mb graphics and people were coming to me for web development which didn't sit right with me because obviously that's slightly unusual but it wasn't affecting anything Mm. um but then yeah about this time last year i decided that i was going to change name to a more generic name and kind of change the branding and stuff and completely drop the graphic design because i still up until about last year done a, a small bit of it for for existing clients but i decided to just focus mainly on the on the web development work and yeah a few other small changes i made this time last year was i decided to introduce retainers so like i said a lot of the clients 
I originally got would have fed me repeat work. And to kind of smooth out cash flow, I kind of introduced retainers to them. So the idea of buying a set amount of hours every month for a set price. And although it didn't have as much success as I hoped it would when I offered it to my clients, enough of them took it that it has actually smoothed out the cash flow side of things, which is really good actually. And yeah, lots of other small transitions. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I decided to really strip back my website. I mean, to be completely honest, my website's never brought in any work. Well, not brought in any meaningful work. I've never actually found success from my website. So I decided to strip it back and make it more about me and less about kind of this one-man agency um thing. So just more about myself, my experience, and really just strip it back because I think clients prefer that. If you're just one person freelancing, I think clients prefer to see your face, to know about you rather than this facade of sort of a one-man agency, to see you and to see your experience and to not use we and to actually use I, things like that, I think actually works a lot better. Interesting. I was intrigued about that because, you, yeah, you said you were a one-man agency, so A&B Graphics. And then uh, what did you change your name to? I changed it to MJB Collective, and I've really done that for two reasons. One, because it, actually my initials make it really hard to find a meaningful domain which is available. <laughs> and two, just to kind of make it much more generic. Um, I didn't want to change it to my own name. I thought that was stripping it back too much. I did want to have sort of a name to it, but I did want to make it much more generic. So I didn't want to make it MB web development. I didn't want to make it, you know, I wanted to get away from MB graphics. I just wanted a sort of generic name that I could use and put it on my websites and my branding. And the collective part of it? Yeah, I kind of thought, well, again, very hard to find a domain with my initials. Collective was available and I thought, yeah, that kind of works. <laughs> I sort of, a, a collective, uh, a collective of, of skills or a collective of experience and it, it just worked. And, and really, I just wanted a, a unique name that I could use. And so I went with that. But like I say, I did actually strip back my website to make it much more about me. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So you still have the company name, but you don't use we. It's all about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you don't. You do you ever bring on other people to work with you on stuff at all? Um, it's a funny one. At the start, when I was trying to maybe expand a little and to take on more work than I had the capacity for, I did experiment with bringing other people on. But what I actually found was that the quality just wasn't there, or the quality I expected just wasn't there. So. I would maybe bring on someone to do the, the design side of a website or or to do some extra coding. And what I find is I actually ended up doing the, the last 10% of what they provided me. So going through and making fixes and, and, and to clear it all up. And I, I actually find that it was more hassle than, than what it was worth. And that I wanted to pretty much control the quality of whatever work I was providing 100% of the way through. So although I dabbled with it at the start, it's definitely not something I... I enjoyed the experience of doing only because maybe I'm a slight control freak, but I, you know, to quality control, I find quite hard. And I actually ended up probably doing more work managing it um, than if I just took the time to do it myself. Yeah. yeah. And as part of the sort of agency experience that you've described mm -hmm. there, it sounds like you've, so you've niched down, you know, you used to do it all and now you're, you're concentrating on the coding side. Did you notice that have an effect, not not just on you, you know, on what you're enjoying, but on the business? 
Yeah, absolutely. I knew pretty much right out of the gate that nation down was something that that really makes a big difference. And you can read a lot online, obviously, about you know having a niche uh, and working on that niche is is much favorable over trying to do it all but i found it quite hard to find what i wanted to niche in until that kind of happened naturally and it definitely took a few years to happen naturally but i found i was doing more and more integrations and more and more really back-end development work specifically for crms and kind of that just naturally niched me down to the point where most of the work, if not all the work now I do is the back-end development of CRMs. So although I never planned that to happen, it kind of just happened naturally, which is good because now people come to me specifically for that. They know I'm sort of an expert in that area and it definitely helps you get a lot more work. So how would you say those clients come to you now? Through referrals mainly, if not all. The word of mouth and referrals from one client to another is I would say 95% of, of how I find my clients. Um, there's the small things like I have done a few integrations for CRMs, like uh, payment systems and things like that. And if someone's searching specifically for that, then they will come across me and then they'll message me. But definitely, I would still say most of my work comes from uh, word of mouth or referrals. What was it like work-wise throughout this? Have you always worked from an office or from home? or? Yeah, I work from home and, and to be honest, I quite like it. I've never uh, never really thought about working from an office. I definitely quite like the idea of uh, being able to get straight out of bed in the morning and, and roll onto the laptop and start work for the day and not to have to worry too much about how you look. And definitely also, you know, Freelance and web development, I know a lot of people probably already know, but there's definitely a lot of late nights to it. So being able to work from home and being able to pick your hours and, and, and work that bit later at home definitely is, an I, th- I think, an advantage. And yeah, I, I definitely enjoy freelancing from home. How about the social side of it? Yeah, at the start, definitely at the start, I find the social side of it quite hard. Uh, working, staring at a laptop for, you know, eight or nine hours a day and then, and then, you know, interacting later on, you definitely did feel a bit head fried. So yeah, I definitely find that quite hard to begin with. But now, yeah, I think I've adjusted to it now. And uh, yeah, I, I don't mind it so much. I, I flick the radio on and have the radio on in the background and and, and get the work done. And uh, yeah, it definitely is a lonelier lifestyle, but I don't mind it that much, to be honest. <laughs> uh, cool. And how about side projects? Yeah, that's a big one for me this year. I, I I decided at the start of this year that I'd reached a point freelancing wise where I can't work more. You know, I can't fit more hours in and I can't charge more because I think doing that would be completely overpricing my skills and ability. So I'm at that point where it's kind of like a ceiling that I need, you know, I wanted to explore other areas and being a web developer, I obviously can create, you know, apps and online apps. Yeah, so I just definitely decided at the start of this year that I definitely wanted to focus on side projects to try and build up that passive income and build up something that was greater than me that didn't require me working on it 100% of the time. So a big side project I started this year was actually freelance leads. So back at the start of this conversation, I talked about going through them websites like Elance and People PR and finding the really good projects. So what I did was I created a site called Freelance Leads where I basically do that for freelancers so 
what it is basically is a, a system which pulls all them leads in from them websites, like a big list at the start of every day. And I'll spend an hour, two hours, go down through it and pick out the projects that I would have picked out if I was, you know, looking for them. You know, I, I check the quality of them and out of that list, I maybe end up with two or three that I would be happy contacting and working on. And then I provide that to the to the users of freelance leads. So it's really taken what I done when I started freelancing to find that work and providing it to freelancers who maybe don't have the time to do that or don't have the knowledge yet to do that. And yeah, that's what freelance leads is. And that's my big focus this year. I want to build that up to a, to a really good point where, you know, I can sort of balance freelancing in it. And yeah, I hope to hope to see that grow. Interesting. So it's, but it's, it's demanding of your time to sit there and sift through potential jobs that you then don't apply for. Yes, absolutely. But people are freelance these offices obviously pay a monthly subscription for them leads. So although it's demanding of my time and it is quite intense to sit and go through them lists, it's something I'm very used to doing for myself. Because um, even mm. to this day, I would still skim them sites to look for decent projects. And it requires much less of my time than, for example, a, a nine-hour freelancing day. Obviously, it just requires an hour of my time, usually slightly longer, maybe an hour or two, to go through them lists. You know, if that gets to a decent stage with a decent amount of users, which I hope it does, it will obviously require much less of my time than, than you know, freelancing projects. So it definitely is a way to bust through that ceiling of, you know, I can't charge more. I don't have any more hours in the day, but it definitely allows me to build up more income through other ways. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy working on that side project. And it's nice to work on something which is, you know, not just a, a service, you know, it's not just you coding for, for time and money. It's obviously a service that could, you know, go beyond me. I could hire someone to search them lists and create them lists. You know, it's nice to work on a, it's nice to work on a project. Mm, yeah, it's an, an interesting idea. So you, you would search people per hour, but also like uh, Upwork or? Yeah. So I think there's 26, yeah, 26 different sites and basically i have uh developed this script which basically every day pulls in some have rss feeds and and some it just actually skims uh, and pulls all them in uh stack overflow and and sites like wordpress jobs uh, and even it searches twitter for certain uh, keywords and hashtags <laughs> so wow. i get quite a big comprehensive list and obviously it's a big list and a lot of it is a lot of it's terrible I'm used to sifting through stuff like that. So actually by the end of every day, I can actually find, you know, two, three, four or five projects, which are actually really good projects. And uh, yeah, then I pass them on to people who obviously subscribe to their service. So with freelance leads, there's clearly so many categories on all of those websites. Yes. Um, so are you like covering all of them? No, I'm not because I couldn't. And it would be very unfair to cover them all so at the minute i only offer a very few categories and they're very specific so for example the most popular one would be wordpress front-end development so that's very niche everybody knows that who's on that category knows they're just going to get front-end wordpress leads wow well good for you good luck with that thank you so we touched upon uh briefly the finance side of it earlier on 
But yes. how, how have you found that? It sounds like getting retainer clients has sorted out cash flow issues. So, so that must have been an issue. Um, well, to be honest, I would say the financial side of it has never been a big issue. Um, the first couple of months when I started where it were tough, and I think that's the same for everybody who starts freelancing, unless you have built up some savings, um, or, or prepared for it. I think the first, you know, even six months is maybe tough as a freelancer, but I, I definitely got very lucky in that I had projects, you know, very early on, uh, they were well paying. And so, yeah, I quickly got through that phase of, of not having much work coming in and, and no real savings. Definitely having clients pay on time is a universal issue. I think as a freelancer, I think a lot of clients don't pay on time for a, a whole range of reasons. And I think the best way I find to, to deal with that is to build up quite a big buffer straight away. So, you know, the minute you start working freelance, save as much as you can, build up that buffer. And that way you can afford for our clients to, you know, to pay a, a few weeks late. I've definitely had a few clients which have not paid. Um, and again, I think that's a universal issue as a freelancer and that can hurt when it happens. But I think, yeah, that's a tough one to, to deal with. But I think it's a universal issue as a freelancer. So again, building up that big buffer, as much of a buffer as you can is a, is a great way around that. And then, yeah, the retainer side of things has really helped smooth out that cash flow because a lot of my projects would have been quite big. So could have been five six months of a project uh, and you maybe didn't see him come in for for maybe three or four months of that that project so having retainers although maybe they're small amounts definitely having some form of regular income definitely helps and if you can offer retainers or if you can offer some way of of a monthly fee for your services definitely do because it's a big help of smoothing out that cash flow so you're saying that you know some projects might last five six months or whatever do you put in sort of incremental payments or do yes. you just yeah oh, absolutely right. so there would be a deposit initially and then there would be milestones but i've been very lucky in my time to work with clients such as the bbc or or the nhs and actually the process of invoicing them for that milestone and the processes after that with the invoice until you get paid could be a couple of months. So although you get that initial deposit, say you have a milestone halfway into a six month project, you ping that milestone payment invoice over three months in, it could actually take another couple of months. So there's definitely stretches for me anyway, mm. where I find there's maybe, you know, three, four months where nothing's actually come in. And again, it was never really an issue because I, I did try to build up a buffer, you know, a, a decent amount of savings straight away. So it was never really that much of an issue, but definitely having small retainers coming in every month um, helps a lot. And it's something that I wish I'd started to offer sooner. I'm not sure whether I could have, I think to offer a retainer to clients, you need to have done a lot of work with them and they need to be very happy with your work or else mm. it's quite a hard sale. It's quite hard to sell your time to someone who's never maybe worked with you before uh, on a monthly basis but definitely as soon as you can i would recommend a retainer style of working with clients because it's a much more reliable way of getting the money in. and it's much better for the clients too because it means you can dedicate the time to them you can actually plan months in advance work because you know that client's always going to be there so it's it's definitely mutually beneficial 
Yeah, cool. How about uh, holidays, vacations? <laughs> Do you... Yeah, yeah, I definitely like my holidays. Starting freelance, I never really stopped the holidays side of things. It definitely made them much more stressful. I was definitely not used to taking a laptop with me on holidays, which I know I am for emergencies. And yeah, checking your email constantly when you're on holidays, it's very hard to switch off. I, I definitely still respond to clients over email. And yeah, I take a laptop just in case there's an emergency project has something which breaks, for example, and, and they need an emergency fix. But I definitely try to switch off as much as possible. And yeah, I still get the holidays in as, as much as I can. I mean, you mentioned really early on about how working in that agency for a year helped you with dealing with clients. What What mm-hmm. is it specifically, do you think, that you learn from that yeah so i'm completely self-taught and before i went in that agency i could uh code pretty well and i was pretty good at graphic design too but actually preparing artwork or preparing websites to send clients or to send to printers or actually how to email clients formally was something i'd never had too much experience in and learning to actually do a presentation off a website you know write a proposal for a client actually email clients professionally and uh, you know that was something i learned working in that agency i learned the formal procedures of how to actually work with clients which was something i'd never experienced or or something i'd never actually had to do until then so actually learning that was a great help because it meant when i started freelancing and working for myself i knew all the formal procedures of dealing with a client you know the proposal stage the refinement stage and and the presentation stage of actually doing a website or, or doing some graphics and definitely experience of the experiences i learned in that agency of working with clients has definitely still helps me out to this day yeah that's great now i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself make two true <laughs> one a lie and let me figure out the lie so what have you got for me matthew yeah i find this quite hard actually i, I ended up changing these this morning because they were so <laughs> outlandish <laughs> i thought you'd know straight away yeah so i try to make them uh, i try to make it harder so we'll see how you do all right the first one is a big bread company called brennan's bread once hired me to do a website for them just because my last name is Brennan, the same as their company. <laughs> the second was, I was a junior champion cyclist when I was younger. And the third is, I once walked around Paris for an entire day with my face fully covered in red paint without realizing. <laughs> <laughs> so Brennan's Bread contacted you because yes. you are Matthew Brennan to do their website. Yep. Uh, see, I like that idea. I've, I have been tempted to contact companies who are called Folland purely because <laughs> that is my name. Well, and I've never done it. But there is well, a Folland Aircraft uh, company, and I thought that would be quite cool. Yeah, well, I emailed them a proposal. And uh, yeah, they uh, didn't even ask to see my portfolio just because of my last name. That's great. Um, what was it? Champion cyclist. What kind of cycling? Yep. Road cycling, yeah, I was a Ulster Junior Champion on the road cycling. Wow! What did you get to wear a yellow jersey? Is it like the Tour de France, Tour de Ulster? Uh, no, I, I had a for the team I was in at the time. I, I had a, some nice coloured, uh, a different coloured band around one of my arms. There wasn't a, a full jersey for it, but um, there, it definitely was a a way to to show you'd won the won a championship. 
And why on earth did you have red paint on your face if you didn't know? How you walked around Paris with red paint on your face all day without knowing? All day, all day. So I was at an event in Paris and I was standing at this side of the road. And I don't know if you've ever seen a, like a run and race on TV. They have these signposts along the side or, or like uh, for the for the water. It's all advertising. And uh, yeah, it was in the morning and I was sweating and I was rubbing my forehead with a sweat and and, and wiping it on these like felt banners. And this banner was red. And then I was obviously wiping my my face again from the sweat. (laughs) (laughs) And what I never realized was that I was actually the the color of the banner was coming off in my hand. So after an hour of, you know, sweating and wiping my face. (laughs) Um, I, a few people came up to me and said, you know, you're really red. You know, are, are you okay? You're burning. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I feel a bit warm, but I don't think it's that bad. And it was only later that night when I seen my face. <laughs> it was vivid red. Oh, God. Uh, it was I so want, embarrassing. I want that to be true. Okay. <laughs> so if I, I can't, how can that not be true? <laughs> But you've given, um, I mean, lovely detail in the other two as well. Champion Tigers. Oh, but Brennan's, I want Brennan's, I want them all to be true. Okay, you were never a champion cyclist. You're wrong, I was. Ah! I was, yes. So what was the lie? I thought it was the Brennan's bread company never hired me. I thought that would have been so obvious. Well, if they're listening now, do they even exist? I've not heard of friends. Yeah, yeah, they do. And they're actually really big over here. They're like the biggest. Um, and yeah, if they're listening, sorry. <laughs> Have you ever yes. sent them a pitch? Never. No, well, you I should. might die. I yeah. should. <laughs> I, swear, I still like that as an idea. I like. Yeah. I'm still going to go for the Follins uh, at, at some point. You um, should. You should. <laughs> okay. Well, well done. I love the fact the red paint is true. That's even better. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, if you could tell your younger self one thing, <laughs> and this is as in being freelance, not about sweating profusely <laughs> near painted signs. Um, yes, if you could tell your that. younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Probably a couple of things. Uh, definitely before I started working for that agency, I was dabbling in freelancing and I was already considering it before that offer came along. And although I did learn a few things there, I definitely wish I'd just stayed freelance. I definitely see freelancing as a career if you if you do it right. And I, I think I could be further along that path. So definitely if it's something you want to do. And I think most people know if they want to work freelance or not. It's definitely not for everyone. If that's something you want to do, you know, start as early as possible. Start, you know, when you have the least amount of responsibilities, the least amount of bells. I definitely think that, you know, if it's something you want to do, start as early as you can. And the other thing is to spend some time picking a name before you start freelancing that's going to work down the line if you niche or if you change slightly the services you're offering definitely spend a you know maybe a couple extra days or weeks coming up with a name that will work down the line and probably the last thing is if you are just one person freelancing don't pretend to be an agency if you're one person freelancing they definitely prefer it if you talk about yourself and it, you make it very obvious that it is just you working and to not try and pretend to be this you know one man agency so yeah that's definitely the advice i would give myself if i was going back and starting freelancing now 
Matthew, thank you so much. You can go to beingfreelance.com, of course, and find out links through to everything that Matthew's up to, both with his own sites. You can see how he's evolved that, like he was describing, and also, of course, freelance leads and to find him on Twitter and what have you. So beingfreelance.com. While you're there, sign up to the newsletter, check out other episodes, check out the vlog, and, of course, please do spread the word about the podcast. But, Matthew, thanks so much for your time and all the best being freelance. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. 